0: the free for all round table
1: round one. On round one today, let's get her started because there's lots to talk about. Courtney Betty is here from Betty's Law. He's a Toronto lawyer. Dave Trafford, host and producer of On the Ledge, the Ontario political podcast. Lisa Rate is here, former federal cabinet minister. Happy Friday to you all. Let's actually start with this uh, report, an exclusive in the Star today. Access to information documents apparently revealing that the Bradford bypass, which will connect the 404 to the 400, will Actually, instead of being four lanes wide, be eventually eight lanes wide. Uh, Dave Trafford, I'll start with you. Is that a cause for concern? Or are you on board with Deb Hutton, who was here earlier this morning, who said, well, come on, you build a highway, you always have to anticipate it's going to get bigger.
2: No, I I would agree. I mean, we just heard the traffic report, and Lisa's talking about all the congestion east-west, and certainly that's in the 401 at the top of the city, but, uh, you know, when when you begin to look at uh, the commuting patterns in the GTA and beyond, out in the 705 region, etc., we begin to see where it's not everybody's coming into the downtown or into the, you know, Toronto proper, that in fact we have a lot of folks who are uh, making that commute from Durham region over to Halton region, so so to, to have that relief valve is important, but you also have to remember that number we keep throwing around—the number of people who are going to come to live in the GTA and in Ontario in the next ten years. I think it would just be bad planning generally to just say we're going to build it only have four lanes and not anticipate the possible need to go to eight lanes, because then we would really be complaining about it.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, Courtney, Betty, the problem for a lot of people seems to be that this is fairly sensitive land, and we're talking about two different highway constructions. we got the 413 and the Bradford Bypass. And let it be a matter of record, I have supported the utility of the Bradford Bypass. I just don't know that it needs to be eight lanes.
0: Well, I totally totally agree with Dave though, John. the biggest challenge that we have right now in our city is that we had not planned for situations such as this as to how to increase the, the lanes of traffic. So though there are absolutely concerns in terms of the environment, um, you know, I, I think they would be negligent if they did not plan that if there was growth, there will be the opportunity to expand. So it's, it's, a, it's a mix of both. But I think you've got to come down on the side right now of planning for potential expansion
1: and lisa ray there's a phenomenon in the construction of highways that you're probably aware of as well called induced demand which is you build a relief highway and then it ends up being just as as congested as all the other ones do we have this is true i
3: can't disagree with the i'm right here can you hear me okay
1: we can hear you good hello Yep.
3: Oh, okay, great. Um, So listen, I'm on the same page as the other uh, as Dave and Courtney. It's this is just planning. I don't think it's I don't think we're breaking any stories here. Engineers are going to do their engineering work. (laughs) I mean, what's important is are they going outside the envelope that has already been approved as part of the Impact Assessment Act? They're not. So they're just thinking about what the future looks like. And maybe it'll induce demand. But maybe it's going to be all electric vehicles and autonomous trucks. Who knows what's going to be the future, right?
1: Let me play you a bit of audio we just listened to, but it's delicious and enjoyable, so we'll play it all over again. This is Jugmeet Singh in the House of Commons, and he begins his remarks with, When I'm Prime Minister, and wow, this is merciless. Remember for Burnaby South,
0: when I'm Prime Minister, I will keep my promises. Now, another promise, let me try again. (laughs) Order. Order.
1: Okay, let me turn to the person who actually served in the House of Commons, uh, Lisa. Uh, Rate. That's that's kind of merciless, isn't it?
3: Uh, so cringy. <laughs> um, but you know what? You got to try on those phrases because you got to see what the reaction is. He's going for the top job, but you know what I want to know, and I don't know from the audio is where the Liberals laughing because that's his partner right? I mean, if the liberals are mocking the partner, I would not be feeling very good about it myself.
1: Uh, Dave Trafford, the house is a cruel
2: place. Yeah, it, it just uh, so happens I was uh, having my lunch at the time and I flipped on the television and I saw this uh, happening in, in the uh, in the House during question period. Uh, to Lisa's uh, question is, the cameras weren't broad enough in terms of their angle to show what the Liberals were doing, but certainly the Conservatives were going to town. But on the other hand, the NDP were uh, you know, standing up and, and cheering for their guys. So, uh, But he did get a chance to say it three times, so I, I think he might have won the day, actually, at the end of it all.
1: Oh, okay. I mean, Courtney, Betty... <laughs> I, I just, I don't, I don't see Jagmeet Singh becoming the Prime Minister. I guess that's why people were laughing.
0: John, that's exactly it, you know. And if you think of where we are right now, there is this um, separation in Canada. You've got uh, Polivir, you've got uh, Trudeau. It's a unique time for Jagmeet Singh to figure out that he's going to be, you know, the person in the middle. And if the NDP was to reorientate their thinking, because if you look at the last election, 36% of the the largest voting bloc was visible minorities for the Liberals, and that's a piece that Jagmeet Singh can go after. And I don't understand why he doesn't recognize that he should be positioning himself as the balance for Canada, and sort of get rid of this idea that one day he will be prime minister, because it doesn't look like that's a possibility. Um, Meanwhile, Justin Trudeau yesterday, I don't know why he did
1: this, but I guess it's uh, a way of being hip to the hipsters. He said, hey, got any questions? Ask me. And I'll start with you, Dave Trafford, because you spend enough time on social media. Uh, People came back with everything from should dogs wear pants to how do mermaids have sex.
2: All predictable to (laughs) except the subject matter maybe in some cases, but the, the, the uh, my question is why? I mean, why do this? Why bother? Uh, it's not as if, um, you know, th- there was any real um, action that he was going to be able to take. And to me, it just kind of underlines how frivolous he is as a, uh-huh. as a character. I mean, I, I just don't understand how this at all grounds him as, you know, somebody that we <laughs> want to have as a leader of the country.
1: Lisa Wright, I guess it's a certain devil bargain when it comes to social media you have a certain facility with it but i guess you also always figure you got to be measured
3: you do um i can't figure out if today we're in favor of being on twitter or we're not in (laughs) favor of being on twitter are we pulling out or are we staying in i mean pick a day and and you don't know what's going on but on a very serious note look a lot of the hate female politicians female reporters get comes from twitter and i just found it interesting that they would want to bait the bear And see what comes out of it, because when you bait the bear, you're going to end up getting you're going to end up getting some unsavory elements coming out after you. And why give them the platform? Why give them the the opportunity to uh, express their opinions like that and get, you know, shine a light on it?
1: Um, Courtney, Betty, I sometimes wonder why some politicians are even on social media. There's uh, one congressman in the United States who was always implicated in a sexual abuse case at a university. And every time he tweets about something, I I always go into the feed just to see. And everybody's just like, well, who didn't uh, do what they had to do when they needed to do something they needed to do? Sometimes I think it's better to not be on social media.
0: Well, I, I think I agree, you know, agree with Lisa. It's a double-edged sword. But you have to look at the realities of where Justin Trudeau is right now. Um, he's trying to connect with people because there is a perception that he is aloof from Canadians. And so here was an attempt to try and connect with Canadians. Ask me anything that you want. Um, was it successful? We'll find out.
1: And speaking of Twitter, let's stay in the same pocket. Um, we have Elon Musk all of a sudden getting very, very sensitive. He said he arrived at uh, Twitter, which he way overpaid for, and he wanted to restore a degree of democracy and fairness and allow people to say what they wanted to say. Now it turns out, as of last night, he suspended a whole bunch of reporters who don't say nice things about him. Uh, Lisa Raitt, not exactly on message.
3: No. Um, you know, as I said, John, I'm just confused about whether or not we're supposed to like Twitter or not like Twitter these days. And for him to just start willy nilly going after people and shutting them down, it's causing a lot of attention. Maybe that's what he wants. But who, who knows? I'm, I'm beyond second guessing what Elon Musk is doing with Twitter.
1: Yeah, I have to say, I mean, Courtney Betty, I even hesitated to put it on the agenda this morning because I find Elon Musk is just becoming so irrational. It's a bit like talking about Kanye West.
0: Is he actually of sound mind? Well, John, that's the thing. And, and you, and you raise the right question here because I'm still wondering what is his plan, because I believe he does have a plan right uh, in the back of his mind as to what he's going to do with Twitter. Is it going to be a political platform if he decides to go down that path? But, you know, I'm not underestimating It was just a total irrational individual, such as Kenny West. I think he's very strategic in his thinking. We'll see whether or not this one also works out for him.
1: And Dave Trafford, when I see what, kind, what um, Elon Musk is tweeting these days and what he's doing with Twitter, I just I think he's destroying the place. And as I mentioned, he already overpaid for it. So I don't know why he needs to drive the value down even further.
2: But I laughed when he uh, suspended Mastodon, which was sort of the you know the alternative to to Twitter. But I just wonder whether or not he's look you know getting fitted for the the cape and tights for the, you know the the new pantheon of superheroes led by Donald Trump. I mean that's sort of where we are with this guy. And for those who haven't been following along,
1: Donald Trump said he was going to have a major announcement yesterday, and as it turned out, it was Donald Trump trading cards, which for me at the very uh. least just confirms that he is so thoroughly out of. The the race legitimately for yeah. president um, let me ask you about federal workers and lisa Raid again i'll start with you on this one yeah. uh federal workers are kind of pushing back and it looks like what they would like in their collective bargaining now is to actually guarantee they don't always have to be in the office
3: well listen during a re- during a recession during inflationary times at christmas people are struggling and workers don't want to go back into their offices that like read the room folks w- what a bad thing to be coming out and saying that you're hard-pressed because you're being asked to go back into your office when people have a hard time getting a hold of services as it is. And that may be an unfair generalization, but that's exactly how it's being perceived in the public. There is no sympathy for people who don't want to go into work three days a week.
1: Okay. Well, Dave Trafford, what I would say would be is if you can do your job from home, and let's face it, uh, all four of the people on this panel right now, I think, are working from their homes. If you can work from home, then knock yourself out.
2: Yeah, but I'm not providing a a hands-on, you know, sort of eye contact service that requires me to, 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 you know, be front-facing for the public, Um, you know, and just doesn't apply to the feds. I mean, I think right across uh, all levels of government, at some point, you need a person to talk to, to be on, you know, uh, whether it's in person or on the phone or something like that, and to have that remote connection, I think, really slows that down. So, uh, that's where I think it has to happen, but, Yeah, I think it's a little precious to be saying you somehow have, you know, completely eroded and tore out the heart of collective bargaining because you expect people to go back to work three days a week instead of five. (laughs) Thank you all. Good to have
1: you this morning. Lisa Ray, Courtney Betty and Dave Trafford.